0: Good morning, church. Um, Pray that you are remaining strong and um, able to uh, strengthen yourself and God and and just encouraging each other Um, through this time. It is unprecedented times that we're in, um, but we're gonna get through this and and God is uh, still sovereign. He's still on the throne and we can trust in that. Uh, This morning, I was walking through the, the auditorium uh, where we typically would have our worship services and uh, just praying for those who are usually in there. Um, and, and I say this to say that you are, you're missed. Um, I, as I prayed, I could picture in my mind that the area that so many of you normally will sit when I see you out there. And um, it's, it's definitely challenging uh, because we miss uh, being able to gather, um, just to be able to see each other's faces and to worship together. Um, but also know that we'll be back together, um, and I believe sooner than later. Uh, and when we come back together, how sweet will that be, that we're able to join uh, our hearts in one place to worship. Um, I think we'll appreciate it even more that we're able to do that. Um, Before we jump into the message, we're actually going to begin today in Acts chapter 16. But before we do that, I want to remind you uh, that tonight at six o'clock, we're going to have a live stream worship and prayer time. I I hope you'll uh, join us for that, um, that we can join our hearts in prayer. We can worship together again tonight at six and uh, really begin to pray um, together for some specific things that have been on our heart and uh, that we want to be able to get with you and, and join our hearts in, in prayer um, tonight at 6 o'clock. So uh, hope you'll join us for that. So let's jump into the message then. Um, Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to um, begin. And I guess it's no surprise what the topic is. If you look at the TV beside me, you can see the word adversity. Um, I want to talk about adversity this morning with you and um, really look at it and and look at its potential in our lives. And so let's go to Acts 16. We're going to begin in verse 16 and read down through uh, verse 34. Um, And this is Luke writing about the the work of the Holy Spirit, the work that God's doing through the church. And, And we get to this, we're about to read about um, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, we're going to read um, also with him is a man by the name of Silas. And so I want us to, to read this, and then we'll talk about it, look at some other scriptures together. It says in Acts 16, 16, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling, She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. It's good to know that Paul got annoyed. Um, Makes me feel a little better. Uh, That he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. the foundations of the prison were shaken at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he threw his sword or he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped but paul shouted don't harm yourself we're all we are all here the jailer called for lights rushed in and fell trembling before paul and silas he and his whole household. So let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for truth. God, as we just sang, Lord, we thank you that we, we aren't formed by feelings, Lord, but that we stand on promises. We stand on truth, God, that we draw strength through your word, God. We draw strength through the spirit who is alive and active in us, God, that we don't have to be and won't be slaves of fear and anxiety, God, but we can stand in the truth of who you are, God, and walk even in the midst of adversity in victory, Lord. We thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray today that even for many of us, chains would fall off of us, Lord, just as we read about with this, uh, this miraculous work of God in this prison. Lord, your, your word tells us that they put them in the inner cell of the prison, Lord, and I thank you, God, that there is no inner prison that exists within us God, that you cannot break. Lord, we we pray for that today, that something would break inside of us so that we could be more like you, so that we could be set free to worship you more, to give you more and more of ourselves, more and more of our lives, that you would be glorified, that Jesus would be magnified in all the earth. So Lord, would you speak to our hearts now In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the first thing I want to tell you, and this is really, I guess, the takeaway that I want you to really get from this today, is I want to tell you this, that adversity is a snare and a path to freedom. Uh, It has the potential for both. Adversity is a snare and a path to freedom, and we're going to be looking at that today. Um, I know um, for many of us when the coronavirus uh, first started um, spreading and things were happening and then um, they began to shut things down, the schools closed. And at first it was kind of like, okay, well, um, we kind of got a little break. And um, part of it was sort of even a relief for many of us from somewhat of the hustle and bustle of life. And some of you may still be experiencing that um, sort of a relief or um, just a slower pace that you're enjoying. But I also believe that many of us are kind of getting to this point of like, all right, when can we get back to normal? This this thing may be taking longer than what I thought. And for a lot of us, we, we see that as um, becoming a bigger and bigger obstacle. It's a bigger and bigger threat uh, to our way of life, to our, our businesses, to um, our health, to all of these things. We, we see that um, it begins to become something that um, is no longer sort of a relief, but now it's becoming more of a burden. It's, it's, it's something that we are realizing, okay, this didn't go away in a week. And it's brought a lot of adversity into our lives. You know, I was thinking about this, and today, obviously, many of you know, is Palm Sunday, and Palm Sunday celebrates when Jesus came into Jerusalem Um, We know as he came in, he was uh, being held as king by many people. I was thinking about Jesus and his entire life and the adversity that he faced. And you look at this and you realize that um, those very people who wanted to claim him as king, it was when they realized, and one of the biggest factors in them turning against Jesus a week later is that they realized Jesus was not going to make an easy path for them. They realized he wasn't going to be the king that they thought he was going to be. They weren't going to be alleviated from adversity in life. It wasn't going to be a situation that made them um, have an easy life moving forward. And, And as we look at that, we know this, that That's not the guarantee that we receive as Christians either. When we begin to believe uh, in Christ, we begin to follow Jesus. Sometimes, though, we come into it with that illusion. As we look at Acts 16, one of the things I want to point out to you is this. If the definition or this, this truth is that adversity is a snare and a path to freedom, one of the things that we need to see in this and we can see in the verses we just read, is that there is a cost to seeing ourselves and others set free. That there is a cost to seeing ourselves and other people set free. As we read this, um, this female slave, she's being exploited by these men who are making money off of her. Um, And it's not until their hopes are dashed of making an easy living that they really get upset but this this girl's being exploited paul turns around rebukes the spirit that's inside this girl and she's set free from this spirit uh, but we really don't even read more about her what we see then is that these men because their way of profit has been taken away, they now are angry at Paul. Um, They're angry with Silas, and so they take them. Ultimately, they are beaten. Ultimately, they're imprisoned. Ultimately, um, they're put through a lot of pain. Um, They face incredible adversity. But what we see in this is that they continue to press on. And in the end, God is glorified and Jesus is magnified through them, so much so that the jailer comes to faith, and not just the jailer, this hardened Roman soldier, but but his whole household comes to faith. He's set free, his household is set free from sin, from death, given life in Christ. Freedom came to that house. Freedom came to this slave girl. Yet it didn't come without a cost. And the thing that we have to see is that freedom um, for ourselves and for others is costly. For ourselves, our freedom is dependent upon us facing adversity. For a lot of us, um, our freedom in Christ is dependent upon facing situations or issues in life that that we don't want to face. We don't want to face them because they're painful, they hurt, things that we need to walk through in order to be healed and made well and and to grow into wholeness. We don't want to face them because it's painful and it hurts and it begins to draw things up in us that we have to deal with. And it's just easier to try to avoid it rather than coming into the freedom that God, that Jesus wants us to have. We see for others with the slave girl, with the jailer, it costs something for them to be set free. And yet Paul and Silas, knew that their true freedom was in Jesus. It wasn't in their circumstances. So even in the midst of the adversity, they're praying and singing hymns and, and, and worshiping God in the midst of all of this. Because Paul, we know from his other writings, and we're going to look at some of his other writings throughout this. We know that Paul saw this as being light and momentary afflictions compared to the eternal weight of glory that was waiting for him. He knew that this is temporary, but what I have ahead of me that is so glorious and so good, it's eternal. And I can endure this because I know the promise that lies ahead of me. I can Count the cost of setting others free because I know that this isn't my home. There's no greater example of the cost it takes for others to be set free than Jesus. And as I said earlier, Jesus didn't just face adversity on the cross. His entire journey was filled with adversity But it was through this adversity in the journey and the cross that Jesus overcame the curse of sin and death and liberated or set free all who would turn to him, all of mankind from sin and death. But I want you to see this for ourselves and for others. There is no freedom apart from adversity. And adversity is a snare And a path to freedom. I want you to see this. That adversity is a path to freedom. Adversity is a path to freedom when we embrace the adversity. When we embrace adversity. Adversity is a snare when we're surprised by it. When I was a a child, I remember being at home and... I get bored a lot of Saturdays and so I'd always try to find something to do and my mom or dad would try to try to help me find something to do and I remember a couple of times my dad um, took me and we got a cardboard box and we took went out there and we we took the box and propped it up on a stick tied a string to the stick and we took the string all the way back to the house and I would sit inside the, the window with it, propped open a little bit with the string. And we went out there and scattered some bread around and, and put a little bit of bread up underneath the box. And and, and the goal was to catch a bird, right? And, and I think my dad knew, like, this would keep him busy for a while. I don't know that there was ever any real possibility of me catching a bird this way. Um, but I would sit there and, and I would just, for, for what seemed like ever, just sit there watching, waiting on a bird to come in and go in there to to get the bait, right? To to come in and and so I could pull the string, move the stick, and the box fall on top of him. Um, I never caught a bird because a bird never took the bait. Uh, a bird never came in. I want you to understand this though that for us, um, adversity becomes a snare. Adversity becomes a a, um, a trap when we take the bait that Satan puts before us. And the bait when it comes to adversity is avoidance. We we, we try to avoid adversity so we get stuck and we stay still or we try to go around it or we retreat from it rather than embracing it. I remember a, a story that, again, when I was a child, um, my mom would do with me. I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it. it was, I guess a story, but it was um, one that we called going on a bear hunt. I don't know how many of y'all have ever done this. I don't know if people still do this today. I, I, I guess they do. But if you remember, the story was you'd say going on a bear hunt. You would clap your, you slap your knees and leg, and then you'd say, you know, um, I don't remember all of it, but I remember like um, you go uh, through a river, you know, and and you go. Over a mountain, and then you go through a wheat field. And and one of the sayings was going on a bear hunt, and then you come to like a mountain or the the river or the wheat field or whatever it is, and you'd say, Can't go uh, over it, can't go around it, gotta go through it. And and that's a really silly, stupid example to tell you, Um, but I can be really stupid and silly. So, but what I want you to see is with adversity, We can't go around it. If we're going to move forward, we can't just stand still. We can't go backwards and get through it. Um, And if if we do that, then it doesn't have the work that God wants it to have in our lives. I'm not saying that God caused the adversity, but we have to see that adversity is real. Um, One of the things here, remember, is that we have to embrace it. If it's going to lead to freedom, we embrace the adversity. We don't avoid it. We don't get caught off guard by it. Paul and Silas, when they're here in this prison, they weren't caught off guard by it. They knew what they had signed up for. If you go back even to um, Acts chapter 9, when Paul, is, uh, meets, when Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, very early on, when Jesus sends Ananias, another disciple, to Paul to pray for him um, so that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul had been blinded by the light of Christ. Um, and and so that he would be able to see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, Jesus tells um, Ananias right there, he says, listen, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name. He's like, look, I got this plan and Paul's going to carry it out, but it's not going to be without adversity. Even in Acts 14, 19 through 22, before we get to these events in 16, uh, let's just drop back and look at that. Turn a page or two over. To Acts 14, verses 19 through 22. It says, then some Jews came down from Antioch and Iconium. And and this is while Paul and another man by the name of Barnabas are actually in a town called Lystra. It says, then some Jews came down, came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. This is so crazy. They stone him. Then they drag him outside the city. They think they've killed him. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. He didn't run from the adversity. He didn't try to go around the adversity. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derb. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. They went back again. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. He, He knew this. This wasn't something that caught them off guard. And I want you to understand something. We as human beings are going to face adversity. Human beings have faced adversity since the beginning of time. And you say, well, what about Adam and Eve? Weren't they in a perfect garden? What adversity was it? Even in that perfect garden, they faced adversity because they had an adversary. And you and I still today have an adversary. When we look at Paul and Silas, we look at the church in Acts, they never seem to be caught off guard by this adversity. They never even seem to be um, in a place where they pray to be delivered from it. They pray for the strength and the boldness and the courage and the power to move through it. I want you to see this, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus' disciples. We will always face adversity because we have an adversary. Jesus came to set us free. Satan came to ensnare. Jesus has overcome Satan. He is a defeated foe, but he is still a foe nonetheless. If we're going to see adversity set us free, we have to embrace it. We try to go around it, we try to stop short of it, we try to retreat from it, it's gonna become a snare. If we act like we weren't expecting it, we need to embrace it, we need to move forward, pushing through it. The second thing I would tell you, and that we see in the life of Paul, if adversity is gonna lead to freedom and not a snare, then we have to embrace our limitations. We have to embrace our limitations. I want you to look now with me at 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Paul, this is the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church. Um, He's writing to encourage them to set some things right, get some things in order. But I want you to read with me verses 8 through 10 in chapter 1, there in 2 Corinthians. He says this, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. This is serious despair. They felt like we are dead, we are dying, we're going to die. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope and he will continue to deliver us. See, when we come to this, we realize Paul knew, I can't depend on me. I am limited. I I have to embrace my limitations. The the challenge in this is if we don't embrace our limitations, then we deny and try to defy our limitations. So we can either, one, come to a place of freedom in this journey towards freedom in adversity by embracing our limitations, or it can be a snare because we deny and try to defy our limitations. And we see this happening with Paul, that this didn't happen uh, so that um, he would find out how strong he is in and of himself. It happened so that they would rely on God and not themselves. I want you to see this, that adversity, in the if it's approached in the right way, can destroy our independence. But if it's approached in the wrong way, it destroys us in our independence. I want to show you something. And uh I, Here's where we see this is if this is our limitations and we face adversity in our limitations, we need to understand when we come into adversity, we are in there. That is where we are. We come to this place where uh, this is me. I'm in the midst of this adversity. But many of us live this way. We live as though God... Is out here. We might not would say that, but that's how we live. We live denying and even defying our limitations. And here's the thing, guys. Listen, to attempt to live as though God does not exist is sin. It's sin. We have to come to this place where we recognize our limitations. If nothing else has come out of uh, this, this deal with this coronavirus, then one of the things we ought to see is as human beings, we are an incredibly limited people. When we see this. We can't live as though God doesn't exist or that God is not concerned, that God doesn't care, that God can't intervene. We have to see it, that God's not fighting against us. We've got to know that God is fighting with us. God is fighting for us in the midst of this adversity. But if we live as though God doesn't exist and we're living in our own ability, when you look at the whole book of Acts, I read almost the whole book of Acts last night, I'm just looking at different aspects of their dependency on God. And their dependency on God is evidenced by prayer. There's hardly a chapter in the book of Acts that doesn't talk about them praying. Why? Because they knew their limitations. When we look further into this, we see that the next thing we've got to do is we press into God. So if adversity is going to be a path to freedom and not a snare, we have to embrace the adversity. We have to embrace our limitations and we have to press into God. We realize our dependence on him. Look now at Philippians chapter three. Again, another writing of the apostle Paul Philippians chapter three. And, and guys, listen, this applies to so much of life because in life we are going to encounter adversity. So we press in to God. Listen to uh, what Paul writes here, beginning in the second part of verse four. He's writing, trying to help these Philippians see that what he's preached to them is true, that who he is is true, not to go after these false teachers and false apostles who would come in to try to sway them away from Christ and dependence on him. He says this, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, what he's saying is, if someone thinks they have reason to put trust in their own ability for salvation and life, is basically what he's saying. He says, I have more. for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Listen, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, participation in his adversity, participations in the same journey, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And so when we look at this, what is Paul telling us? He's basically saying, I, I recognize that all of these other things that were even idols to me, that I'd put my trust in all these things that they're, they're no value to me anymore. All I want to do is know Christ. And this is a picture of what it is to press in. I want to know him. I want to know um, who he is. I want to know more about him. So what is pressing in? What is Paul telling us here? He said, I'm pressing into him. Simply put. Pressing into God is engaging in our relationship with God. I have to embrace my limitations, but then I press into the God who is limitless. We see this with Paul. I want to know him. I want to press into him. How do I press into God? And I want to tell you, I was meeting with, um, for those of you who are around our church, some, you know, Mr. Butch McKenzie. I was meeting with him the other day and so I want to give him credit because this is something that he showed me that, that he said, and it just really clicked with me. When it comes to pressing into God, um, here's where it starts. It begins with desire. Where does desire come from, from seeing Jesus, from the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to see who he is and what he's done to coming into a relationship with God? The Bible tells us the spirit gives us a new heart and new desires. We begin to desire God. And so it begins with desire given to us by the Holy Spirit as we come to faith in Jesus. Then it leads us to discipline or obedience. It leads us to discipline. I want to discipline. I don't have to discipline. I want to discipline myself. I have to discipline myself, not because it's a duty, but because I have to discipline myself to know God, to join in him, to experience his presence. And we do this through prayer and the word and worship and community, all these things we talk about all the time. And see, there's no shortcut to the presence of God. This discipline doesn't stop there because sometimes the discipline becomes the end, not a means to the end. The discipline gives birth ultimately to delight. We begin to delight in the Lord. And there's nothing like adversity to really reveal our heart. And listen, what we delight in. It was amazing that, that within less than a week, probably within four or five days, every idol, everything that we kind of put our delight in was taken away. Never thought I would see anything like this in my lifetime. Every idol, everything stripped away. You know, the, from, from sports, the NBA, then the, 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 the college sports, and then the MLB, and, and, and now they're starting to question the NFL season, the collegiate schedules in the fall. Oh. And then we see the stock market plummet. Then we even see that, can our healthcare system, can it sustain? All these things we trusted in, all these things we put our delight in, they begin to fade and they begin to fall and they begin to fail. And the one thing we ought to see out of all of this is that we exist to redeem this world, not worship it. We exist to redeem the world, not to worship it. We, we exist to, to bring this world, the, the God's, um, God's will to the earth, that he would be worshipped. We redeem the world by worshipping God or by pressing in, by his spirit compelling us with a desire for God, with discipline to grow closer to him, and with delighting in his presence that then compels us to our purpose. When I read through the book of Acts last night, it's so clear they would have never, ever tried to live apart from the Holy Spirit. we're pressing into God as part of our cry, Lord, give us your spirit. We can't do this on our own, why? Because we have limitations. We can't do this on our own. We have embraced our limitations. If we can't do it on our own, then there's only one who can, and that is God. That is Jesus. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I press in and I cry out and God will move through us just like he moved through the first church. Listen, the the difference between us and the book of Acts is our devotion. It's not God's willingness. And what we see, and you see this through Acts 2, is through the book of Acts. There's not an Acts 2. There's only one book of Acts. But we see this through Acts that when we press into God, we're encouraging ourselves in the Lord. And when adversity comes, we, we realize like, look, this is something that I, I now have a source to draw from. Paul didn't wait until he was in that prison to pray and worship God. It was his life. He was putting in, God was putting in Something he could draw from when times were tough, when adversity came. And when we press into God, we encourage others in the Lord. You read through the book of Acts, there's so many times that God would speak to one and they would speak to the whole and everyone was encouraged. They had something to give because God had put something in. They had something to give away to others. The last thing I want you to see is when we look at this, I I want to drop back and catch up with this. But the first thing, if adversity is a path to freedom, it's going to be because we embrace it. If adversity is a snare, it's going to be when we're surprised by it. We try to go around it. We try to get away from it. We try to avoid it. If adversity is going to lead to a path of freedom, if it's going to be a path of freedom for us, we have to embrace our limitations rather than denying or even trying to defy our limitations. Then the third one, if we're going to see this lead to a path of freedom, if adversity is going to be a path of freedom, not a snare, then we press in to God instead of just pressing on. This has been something I've struggled with my whole life is when adversity comes, I just put my head down and plow harder. I just press on. It's only taken me 44 years to realize that before I press on, I had better press in. But then we come to this last one, number four, we press on through the adversity. And here's the difference, guys, and we'll look at this in Philippians 3 again in just a minute. But the mistake we make is this. We try to press on before we press in. We try to press on as though we don't have limitations. We just tackle it in our own strength. And so if we do that, if we press on without pressing in, what ends up happening is we wither and fade away. Our vitality leaves us because we have left the source of life. Look at Philippians chapter three. Let's read 12 through 14. Paul, after saying, I just want to know him, I'm just pressing in to know him. I just want to know him. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. He said, I'm not there yet. I I, I got a ways to go. But he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so we see this final thing where, where Paul continues to press on. We know he continues to press on because we go to the book of Acts and Acts 16 when he's in the jail and even when he gets released from the jail, that's not the end of the story. You go on to 17 and 18 and 19 and 20. Paul continued to press on. And here's the one thing I know if you were to speak to the apostle Paul right now He would tell you it was hard. He would tell you he faced great adversity. He would tell you there were times that he wished he were dead because it got so tough. But he would say this, it was all worth it. Because those light and momentary afflictions don't compare to the eternal weight of glory that God gives us. And here's what we see in Acts 16. Even though Paul and Silas were shackled in this inner prison with bloody, wounded bodies, their souls were free. They embraced the adversity. They were not surprised by it. They embraced their limitations, so they pressed into God. They didn't just try to press on. They didn't try to save themselves. And they were strengthened by God and each other. So they were able to press on, bringing many more people to life in Christ. So here's the deal. We need to embrace adversity. We need to embrace our limitations just as they did. We need to press into God and we press on through the adversity, but not in our own strength the strength that God's given us. Church, we can't act like we, we didn't know that trials and struggles and challenges wouldn't come. Everybody faces those, but how much more those who are in a battle against the kingdom of darkness? But we have been given the power of the living God inside of us, and if we will allow desire to lead to discipline, to lead to the d- delight, the Spirit of God in us will be stirred, we will be strengthened, we will be encouraged, we'll be emboldened, even in this time, to stand firm, to not be moved by our feelings, but to stand on truth so that adversity doesn't become a snare. But we see this leading us to even greater freedom on the other side. Another thing that Mr. Butch said the other day was he said when the virus is gone will our love for Christ remain? It's a pretty good question. I believe this if we press in through adversity God will become our delight. We won't want to walk away from him. We don't want to Give ourselves to idols when they begin to raise themselves back up. But we want to give ourselves to the Lord, not retreating and not going back, but pressing ahead even in the adversity. So I want to encourage you with that. Embrace it. Embrace your limitations. Press in and press on. I want to pray for us. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your grace and love in our lives. We thank you for the ability, um, God, to press into you because Jesus made a way for us that as he uh, went to Jerusalem, God, as we celebrate that this week, Lord, we know he went with a purpose and that purpose was horrifying. It was so incredibly um, horrifying as he went to the cross not just the physical death, but God, the sin that was placed on him, your wrath falling upon him, Lord. Your wrath for our sin, Lord, that he had no sin and yet he became sin for us. Lord, just thank you for being willing, for loving us so much that you would do that. God, if you did that for us, will you not get us through every every adversity that we face? Will you not continue to lead us in victory over our adversary. Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you, God. Before we go, I want to give you opportunity, listen, that the Lord's been stirring your heart towards a relationship with himself, with a relationship with Jesus. You've never had that before, but today you know like the lord has really been speaking to you not maybe not just this morning but for a while leading you this place of faith in christ that we want to know about that if you come to this place today um or you have in in recent days to say i'm putting my faith in christ i want to follow him i want to live for him then we want to know because, listen, you're not intended to do this journey by yourself. We get through adversity together in community. We grow in likeness together in community. We want to help you take your next steps of faith in Christ so that you grow up in him and fulfill, fulfill the purpose that God's given you in this life. And so if that's you, then, listen, if you're on Facebook um, Live, I believe you and click a button there that says Salvation Now. If not, go to our website, connection.church backslash salvation, and it'll take you to the same place, and you'll be able there to give us some information because we want to follow up. We don't want this to be something that just happens between you and God because this becomes a community thing. We want to help you take your next steps. So let us know about that. Guys, we love you, miss you. We'll be back together soon. Continue to pray, continue to press on, and we'll see you soon. God bless.